Gwen. <laughs> <laughs> Hello and welcome to the uh, Volunteer Firefighter Podcast. My name is Scott. I am uh, with two members of my fire family tonight. I have uh, Todd. Hello. And Rob. Hello. And we will probably have Ash here in the next few minutes. He's just in another meeting. And Carl is sick, I think. Is it the yeah. Lurgle? Is that what you call it? The, the Lurgle. Yeah, he calls it the Lurgle. I don't know if it's the Lurgle. But... Yeah. British thing? Some British thing. Yeah. yeah. Don't understand it. Is he in mourning? Is that what this is? Oh, maybe. Yeah, because yeah, the uh, uh, prince died or whatever that was. Yeah. Oh, the Duke, the Duke <laughs> I was going to say, what? <laughs> no, I understand. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Anyways. Yeah. Um, so tonight we're going to, we got some news. Um, and I think I have the news. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, to start off too, near us, uh, or north north of us in West Kelowna, um, kind of an interesting call. We don't quite know the story behind it yet but they evacuated uh, an apartment building a newly uh, built apartment building here last night so there's 150 residents displaced uh, from that because uh, somebody called 911 because there was a strange odor and when they arrived they started investigating uh, people were starting to get some uh, throat irritation some minor lung uh, problems and breathing problems um, just general feeling of unwellness so some of their sensors the hazmat team got called uh, they were finding a chemical. They couldn't quite figure out what it was. Hmm. They evacuated. They aired everything out and ventilated the building. However, it did uh, come back quite quickly again. So uh, it currently has a um, uh, no occupancy permit. Um, so they're not allowing anybody back into it uh, until a specialized team comes to figure out what the heck it is. So there's still 150 people displaced. It's a lot of people. Still unknown. Mm-hmm. And the hazmat and the fire department is still on scene, helping people um, go in and get personal belongings, car keys, things like that, because they don't have a time frame for them yet. It's so weird. You just mm-hmm. what that is. Yeah, a new building. It, it was showing up on their. It was showing up on the hazmat teams. Sensors. Yeah, yeah, sensors, and uh, it didn't. The article didn't really state um, any suspicions of what maybe. Right. You know. Hmm. That'd be yeah. a big task for a ESS team to, yeah. or emergency social services Absolutely. to coordinate. And that's, uh, I don't know if it was the deputy chief or one of the chiefs up there. He was interviewed and they said that was uh, the hardest part was with COVID and having this big ESS emergency services, uh, social services group there trying to figure out where to put everybody and temporarily house and feed mm-hmm. and then clothing and everything else until they could get people in because it's 150 people going through their apartments. Yeah. So that's a, that's a big It's a lot of people. And, and yes, this is all volunteer. Too. Yeah. yeah. It's truly volunteer. Yeah. yeah. It sounds like actually just before we started recording tonight, um, one of my friends is affected in that building actually. And uh, she posted on her personal Facebook that uh, she just got into the room after it, it was like 14 plus hours um, to get checked into a motel room. And then of course in the craziness was uh her hotel room key opened the wrong door and she walked into the room and there's two naked guys on a bed (laughs) (laughs) should you not yeah so she's like i guess it's the wrong room (laughs) back to square zero (laughs) yeah but yeah that uh that sucks it'll be interesting to see what they actually um, find out with it so they put it back on the building owner and a specialized team to come in and find out what the heck is going on Mm-hmm. So it's going to be a few days before people can get back in. Yeah, the last um, information I read was uh, it's indefinite right now until they mm-hmm. figure out the time frame. Yeah, my mother-in-law does the ESS in the coast. Oh, and yeah. She was telling me they had an apartment fire down there, and there was about 100 people. 
and she, but things you don't realize think about um like on a accent scene um language barrier is a thing but she yeah. says in these ess cases it's really a thing because you're trying to explain the whole system to them you know like an accent scene people can kind of understand like i'm going to move your leg that hurts right now yeah <laughs> like, the you know you're just basically you know pointing at things and she says, yeah, things like that, it's a, a lot longer process because you're trying to explain to them why they are getting moved to hit this place. And mm-hmm. you know, she had two, and she got tasked with the two people that couldn't speak any English. <laughs> so she was trying to, like, and they were both different countries. Yeah. So she was like, <laughs> And there's a lot more to it, right? Then it's it's accommodation, it's food, it's, uh, do you have, like, specific things like allergies and, mm-hmm. and preferences and clothing and yeah. You know, emergency contacts, medications, yeah. like there's so much to it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we kind of have the easy job because we just come out of the car. Yeah, kind of out, put, put a bag fire out or, yeah. Where you go. Yeah, off you go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sounds like something like that where we would kind of be utilized too for being, shoveling people in and out, but also collecting belongings. Yeah. Yeah, well, like yeah. the guys are doing here. Yeah, and that's, can you imagine how long that task didn't take, right? 150 yeah. people. You know, going through their apartments, trying to decipher in what drawer they just described you to go find their car keys. <laughs> they're not coming in with you. <laughs> no, they're not. Yeah. So, yeah, you talk about communication skills. Good God. Mm-hmm. And remember where you put your stuff. And then hope that you have, uh, you know, not dirty underwear lying all the place for firing the sort. <laughs> <laughs> Open up the wrong drawer, you might find a little friend. <laughs> Or a loaded pistol. Is, this or, is what you wanted, right? Or a loaded pistol, like I found out one time at that, oh, yeah. back when we were venting that house. Yeah. <laughs> like I found that loaded, like little semi-automatic. Nice. Well, that's not legal. <laughs> <laughs> Police rangers didn't see that one. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, and another news, uh, like definitely world news, uh, just looking up, there was a Spanish volunteer firefighter was jailed for sparking a wildfire. So a Spanish court has jailed a volunteer firefighter for three and a half years and ordered him to pay 158,000 euros in damages for starting a blaze that burned through nearly 150 hectares of forest. The uh, best is the, <laughs> the guy's alibi is funny. He was exp- explaining his absence from his base. I'm guessing that's his fire hall. The firefighter said he had to deliver chairs to his cousin. An alibi the court dismissed is unbelievable, especially as his cousin in question testified he was not yet he had not yet received any chairs. <laughs> <laughs> I love it, eh? <sighs> but yeah, I mean that's a real kind of an issue. Like sometimes, you know firefighters get bored. Yeah, or set fires. Yeah. Um, well don't I I should look up the facts, but yeah, like a lot of arsonists mm-hmm. are firefighters or directly related to some sort of fire you know situation service, or yeah. something that happened in their life yeah. whether it's a family member is in the fire service or they are affected by fire somehow and yeah, yeah. it's crazy hmm. yeah <laughs> i love how it's like that's a bullshit alibi because i didn't get my chairs <laughs> <laughs> or my chairs <laughs> i never received them <laughs> Oh, and actually, recently, uh, well, it's going to kind of go into our topic for the night is um, expanding in the area. We we just this on Friday we actually just had two back to back wildfire calls, both of which were um, arson. I don't, I could say arson, but I mean I don't know what the true true definition of arson. I don't think the guys maybe are, the yeah, maybe the first one wasn't the first criminal was human with criminal intent. Yeah, the first one definitely yeah. is not criminal. Um, you know the guy the, it was a couple of kids, yeah. who 
They totally were probably playing with some yeah. uh, matches or something, and they were like very apologetic. Yeah. Um, it's small, small, small fire. Uh, but it's still, you know, this time of year, small fires become big fires pretty quick. But for us, I mean, it's early in the year. Yeah. Really yeah. early. Yeah. This, um, is, this is that time of year where, like I said, we just don't have that moisture yet. And it's so dry still from the winter, and it just goes up like crazy. Yeah. Like the second call was definitely, I think the guy. Somebody said it. Yeah. yeah. And didn't want to <laughs> go with the police. <laughs> so um, what what came about of, the, of this call was this area we've always kind of um, thought was forest roots. Mm-hmm. So we have, we have a very we have a fairly large mountain. I mean, I guess in, if you're living in the Andes, it's not a large mountain. But if you're, if you're living in the prairies, it's a it's a very large mountain. <laughs> so this this mountain behind us um, is actually named after our town. So the the mountain behind us, we've always kind of like when there's a fire up there, we go when we can. Forest usually comes with buckets and like with choppers and water bombers and all that kind of good stuff. And yeah, buckets are running up with buckets. buckets. <laughs> <laughs> So they, you know, they usually do most of the work and we assist. Well, in this fire, we, um, actually Ash and I walked in got eyes on it and a couple of the kids from town were up there putting it out. Actually, it was a couple of kids that were one of our, uh, firefighters and kids. Not the kids that said it. Not the kids that said yeah, it. They, they, they were putting it out. Yeah, they were putting it out. They were doing a good job too. Um, and I think they're putting an application into us <laughs> now that they're old enough. Nice. But, um... So we got eyes on. Forestry crew happened to be driving to town, so they come up. Um, next thing, they're up there too. Our crew's up there. We're working together. It's a pretty small fire, like I said. And uh, I'm like, well, go to Forestry. See you guys later. We're out of here. We'll leave this. <laughs> we'll hand this over to you guys. And they're like, uh... <laughs> the guy pulls out his little, uh, his little iPad thing. He's like, uh, no, this is actually in your area. I'm like, what? He's like, yeah, this is our, your area. I'm like, since when? <laughs> <laughs> so, like, I don't know because <laughs> he he's a younger guy he's like I have no idea it just says it's in your area and I just talked to my boss and it's your area <laughs> so I called the chief he's like yeah I just talked to forestry evidently it's our area <laughs> so for years we've it's always been mm-hmm. but I think it's because we always work so well with forestry that we've never uh, under we've never had a problem um, right. but it's always been our area and we've always helped but we thought we were helping them it turned out they were helping us yeah, because I think we've always called it, we've been called first. Yeah. And then, oh, we need forestry, and they show up. Yeah, and they usually bring buckets and choppers. We, and, yeah. yeah, we never really leave the scene. We're there no. side by side, so we always, yeah. yeah. But it is definitely a hike up, um, and we are not, we're not forest firefighters. We're, we're mm-hmm. uh, an interface fire. And that whole area, I mean, it's, uh, there's some road access to certain areas, but not much. Like it's it's absolutely a mountain. Yeah. And um, like little dirt trails. You, know, like and... you look back at the years, some of the fires we were talking about before that we tended there. You know, like it was it was literally a bush truck. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, a small crew and a tender would go support us, and we'd have to send the bush truck down to meet that tender. Yeah. Like it was. Um, you know, well, and back then we never had the portable bladders like we do with the forestry gear and yeah. stuff. But yeah, I. Well, shit, that's going back. Well, I was looking back on all the times we've been up that mountain, like not even just fires, like we've done rescue calls up there. Yep. We went up that one time to, for the kids and then you ended up, yeah, comm- I got, I got you ended up commenting in a helicopter somehow. <laughs> I did. It was awesome. You fly down, we have to hike down. We're like, stupid Todd flies by. We're like giving you the finger as you fly by. <laughs> yeah, that was awesome. I can remember a fire on that mountain. I think a year before I joined, we're actually here at the fire hall. 
for a party for my dad, our chief Bob, mm. it was a birthday party here, and they got a f- call for a grass fire up the mountain. And I'm pretty sure they had a couple of engines parked at the base of that mountain, and lengths and lengths of hose, I don't know how many, and mm. they had the engines just screaming. Yeah, I remember that. Was that, that north? Was- there was up, one up, up Sandy. Yeah, there was oh, okay. up Sandy Hill. Yeah, yeah, up Sandy. And they had the engine yeah. screaming just to get enough pressure yeah. up this hillside. So, Yeah, we had a similar one as well. The Well, I guess the northwest side of town, mm-hmm. um, way out by uh, the other winery in the yeah. church there. And, uh, yeah, same thing. It was, <laughs> we had inch and a half, and we had two and a half to a gain of Y, and that poor engine was just a humming. Trying to get the water pressure to the top, the guys are just, psh, you know? <laughs> yeah. but again, we didn't have water. like forestry lines. It was all inch and a half, yeah. right? Yeah. But we're humping this horrible terrain to get to it. Yeah. But yeah, like I think I'm looking back. I think it was oh four oh five something around there when we were on some of the other fires, and I always thought that was forestry's area. I thought, yeah. like, like you mentioned, we just worked together, and away. Yeah. Go. So. With such big fires nowadays, um, forestry quite often in the middle of summer, they've, they, I remember they've called us a few times and said, hey, if you guys get a fire, we're not coming. Yeah. <laughs> so having said that, we now we're, we're, we have been in discussion about what sort of apparatus can get up there because um, the roads aren't maintained anymore. It's definitely like a hiking area and, you know, it's kind of this environmentally sensitive area. So it's not like we can just push a road in and <laughs> just drive up there with a the truck. Um, so we've been discussing just this last few days, um, possible side by side, ATVs, that sort of stuff. Um, yeah, that it changes the game, you know. Like, you know, I, and the boundaries, like it's always been a bit of a battle. Like, and I swear, people change the boundaries just telling the fire department because um, we have certain boundaries on our maps, but then you you look at like I said for forestry logs all of a sudden. And it's totally different. Mm-hmm. So where that communication changed, who knows? But um, that's a whole game changer. That's such a vast area now with those trails. And he said it's a sensitive area, environment, so we can't go in and four by around like we used to. Yeah. Um, so now it's, yeah, it's absolutely. What do we got? Side by side, helicopters, more forestry lines. Yes, yeah, so it's definitely one thing we're going to have to look at is uh, maybe getting a side by side in the near future. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it would come in handy there's a lot of times like uh there's a lot of grass fires we go to where the, that thing would get u- utilized yeah um, we just never we always can be kind of like oh we can do it it's just not the most efficient way yeah. but now with this um about the only way and like bob says is like i'd rather put out a small fire now than trying to put out a massive fire mm-hmm. a day from now when there, we have bombers and choppers and and the side-by-side thing you know like you know there's a lot of uh, purposes for that like mm-hmm. You know, it'd be a great application for those grass fires and wildland fires, yeah. the way you guys support. Uh, but then we start talking about medical calls and down our bike and hike trails, yeah. you know, like those smaller areas. And with the location of the hall, like with that side by being kitted out with lights and siren, you know, you can still respond yeah. very closely to those other little uh, entrance points, what we're talking about, and the mountain area uh, very easily. Yeah, there's lots of reduced access places yeah. that we can't get an engine yeah. Or a tender or whatever into and mm-hmm. having something a little smaller. Yeah. Sometimes like a four pack of guys can make yeah. a big difference. Absolutely. Like even on the river, like if there's a water rescue call, throw a few guys in there and bomb down on that thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, you do a Google search of side by side fire units and yeah. there's 
piles of different. Yeah. Well, and you look at like our a lot of our swift water rescues we've done in the past was uh, it was challenging on the exact location. So sending a truck up yep. from one entrance point onto the dike, you know, and then another one coming in from the other angle on the other side of the river, you know, you get that side by side, you can make up a lot of ground pretty fast. So. Yeah, because I think you go yeah faster in those trails and uh, the trucks trying to snake through. Yeah, it's yeah. a it's a narrow little bike and hike, right? Yeah. And having actually just talking swift water rescues, having that side by side on the other side of our river, Good, yeah. it's not a paved That's right. bike path like the one side is. Mm-hmm. Plus you can carry guys and gear, so maybe you need to do a line across or heck even some sort of anchor point as well. Yeah. Like yeah. on the tree to anchor to you. There's a lot of multiple uses we could use one for. Yeah. Now. Yeah, it's a, it's the speed and versatility of it is huge, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah so now we just got to figure out Everyone's going to want to be on the side-by-side committee. That's the problem. I mean, there's a handful of people that always want to be on a truck committee, but the side-by-side committee, come on. Everybody's going to want to drive the thing. Yeah. It's like, there's a fully involved structure. I'm thinking of side-by-side. Yeah. <laughs> so with that, for legalities, is everybody's going to have to take a uh, side-by-side operator's course now. I told you, no fun. I know. I know. <laughs> True. It's an easy course. Yeah, I know. We yeah. watched the other guys over there take it. <laughs> the guys across the street here. Yeah. That'd be the that'd be the thing is we'd have to be careful about what calls we go to because then we're trying to take then we're ending up yeah. taking things away from search and rescue where maybe we yeah. shouldn't be, but you yeah. know. I mean for the most part it would be a fire thing. Um yeah. maybe a little bit of rescue stuff. But if that's our area anyways, that would follow us anyways. It wouldn't even follow them. Yep. No, 100%. Yeah, they mm-hmm. come to support, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But uh, uh, just like any other calls we've had up there, like we've uh, we've had to call SAR, yeah. and uh, we've gotten up there, and that one, while well, there happened to be a helicopter park beside it, so yeah. it was perfect. <laughs> so we, so we, we took the best... Uh, we, most appro- you. <laughs> <laughs> the most appropriate... Um, Remember, we walked down the hill. <laughs> <laughs> you flew. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And you know, it's, but again, it's, it comes down to if we are using that on those mountainous areas for rescue, um, if we can get out there and start providing that medical aid mm. quick, uh-huh. we may not necessarily use that to transport, depending on what type of configuration you guys use, mm-hmm. you know, but they absolutely like SAR will be 100% involved yeah. in, uh, in the extrication of those people. But it's all it's all time. It's it's time on on uh, getting to the fire and putting the fire, and it's time on getting to people for a medical call, right? Yeah. Be handy if you end up putting it in a transport trailer, if it's an enclosed thing. If you could have, like, if you got a basket stretcher, you could have it kind of um, so you can pull things on and off of it. So depending maybe on what, like you modular, can, like yeah, modular. Know. So you could back the unit out of the trailer. You've got your tank in there. You throw that in the back. You pull the tank out. You put a stretcher on. So yeah. depending on your variety of call, you can modify it to uh, pull the skid respond. Out, yeah. yeah, like our side by sides with work, um, they're uh, just a, a bench in the front. This is designed for two people, right? Driver and attendant. Um, but the back is set up for a full, full, uh, full kit to carry our bags, our suction, oxygen, um, and a clamshell and auxiliary stretcher. So it, it it works well. Yeah, Do you guys have one people. at your station? No, we have them uh, at the coast. Oh, okay. Yeah, for events. Yeah. yeah, yeah, specifically for big, uh, big special events. Um, because we we always had so many things like the fireworks. There's hundreds of thousands sure. of people around, so just to get through crowd control easy sure. and yeah. 
Cool. Mm-hmm. You were also saying uh, in your area, Todd, you guys are expanding into the lake. Yeah, that's our goal here is, uh, you know, it'd be really nice to get it done this year. We're not entirely sure, though. So we got a boat um, almost donated to us. We're just waiting for some final uh, paperwork from the RCMP. So that would be nice if we can get that donated to us, to our charitable society. And then we'll do some uh, re-decaling and... um, I think that's how they say in the states decal decal yeah yeah some new, new deckling on it and um then get everybody trained up on that that's so, been a long time with you guys because it's been a long time it's probably one of the busiest it's maybe, not, maybe not in canada but it's it's pretty freaking busy in the okinawa for the size yeah. of it yeah. yeah what kind of boat is it it's a zodiac zodiac yeah. yeah yeah so i mean we've always done as best we could with lake rescues we get mm-hmm. a lot of calls yeah um and what we've always done in the past is if we get to a boat, it's usually one of our members' boats, and we yeah. dealt with the emergency. Um, but a lot of the time, because we don't have that response getting out on that water, or the boat is not in the water, um, untrained people are trying to do these rescues and putting more cells at harm. Yeah. Um, you know, we're going to drownings and these other boating accidents and just access, you know, over on the beaches on the other side of the lake. And it's, uh, it's a bit of a nightmare, right? So, yeah. you know, if they know that, hey, we have a boat, we will be coming and we can throw paramedics on there if we need to. So there must be some sort of insurance or legal obligation to using a personal boat versus a registered absolutely right it's i mean it was always kind of one of those things where well we did it (laughs) we got the job done yeah but there's a lot more to it um because in that heat of the moment for those really really bad calls we're always trying to do anything we can to help right um but yeah there there's a lot of things probably shouldn't have been done in the past but that's been identified and that's why we're going down the path of getting a boat yeah, so that'd be no that'd be a really ex- no. So we talked to a few other buddies in the industry that do that, and mm. they said if you really want a rapid response for rescues, absolutely two two seadus, two guys, little skid on the back, yeah. and uh, you know you can rock out and do that. But you know this is the starting point for us. Boat get us out there, get us rescues. We're capable of putting a patient on the boat, uh, and then there's discussions in the future of okay, well then. We'll, you know, what do we do for, a, like, maybe a fixed monitor on it? There's all sorts of cool, yeah. cool little options out there. I think the cool thing was with a boat, too, you can throw, I mean, not even a monitor, but you could throw a portable pump and some forestry mm-hmm. hose. Because you have that whole side of the hill there, or the whole side of the lake is this dry, yeah. dry desert grass. And there's Again, a lot of... Small fire you can make, you can put, do some damage to before it becomes a big fire. Absolutely. We've had, we've had boat fires. Uh, we've had a lot of houses along our lake shore. We've had a couple of those ones go up. Yeah. Uh, and if you had that access, like a fireboat, it would be very handy uh, for certain places. Talk to a few people. There's some pros and cons on like the jet drive system uh, and then money, right? So what a lot of people do, they do have a portable pump in it and they literally throw the hard suction over the side, the side yeah. and they have a little monitor fix on it. Yeah. And it said it works good, but then that operator, you're constantly jockeying to hold the boat in position because it's drawing, right? It's pulling. Mm, right. Whereas the jet drive system is a lot more easier to, to move and right, it's kind yeah. of a standstill and you can pump. Yes, I thought about that. You'd, yeah. be, you'd be sucking you off. <laughs> you'd be going all over the lake. Yeah, but there's, but there's <laughs> lots of options. You know, those guys do that a, do that a lot. Throw uh, an anchor down there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
you know, and then there's the avenue of, you know, what type of rescue agreements or aid agreements could we use with, uh, you know, the fisheries and the RCMP and the Coast Guard, um, because we're on the border, you know, then what about mm-hmm. Orville's side, you know, like, yeah. who knows, the conversations to, to happen anyways. Mm. Mm-hmm. Really? Look forward to it. Then we'll have a lot of guys showing up for fire practice when it's summertime. Everybody wants to go <laughs> on the <laughs> Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I guess we can talk about our practice a little bit the other night. Um, so back to, I think Carl was, Carl said a while ago, he says, when you, when you have, when you involve a, when you make a practice into a competition, it becomes like just that much more intense. Because there's certain ways to make fire practice um, more real, not, I don't want to say realistic, more, yeah, more intense, I guess. Is it, like guys try, um, you know, because sometimes, you know, if practice is boring or if the practice doesn't have any competition involved, guys are kind of just playing like, you want them to move with purpose. And yeah, they're just kind of, yeah. you know, they're, they're just there. But if you make it a competition or if you throw live fire in it, it usually ups that ante a little bit. Yeah. And so what we did, um, it was getting a little late in the, late in the week and I'm like, uh, I hadn't really planned the practice. And so I messaged these guys, um, the training guys in the morning and I'm like, hey, this, actually, I, I think it was the officers and I'm thinking I messaged the training guys. So what we did is, um, we did those, we did the stations a little while ago we talked about with the hydrants and we were hitting hydrants and timing how fast the engine hit the hydrants. <clears throat> and in that practice, we used the tenders as well because we were, because obviously we didn't have enough engines for all the crew to drive around in. So the end, the tenders were in there too. Um, so I started thinking, well, we're doing it right now because of the forestry stuff. We're doing a lot of rural firefighting where engine and tender are, are with each other the whole time. So the practice was um, divided the team ups, the teams up into two groups of seven. Uh, so 14, 14 members all together. There was uh, five or six officers and command staff that we left out of the uh, out of this practice. We, we ended up being the running the stations and then some of our uh, more senior guys um, to make this work. I can only do it with 14 people because we only have, we have two engines and two genders. And we have other apparatus, but it didn't, just didn't fit with this drill. So, um, so what it was is the engine and tender had to drive tandem around town all night. So they're they're basically one like one unit together. Yeah. Um, so the five stations were um, station number one was they had to go over to our training ground um, and, and in a group. So we, together they the timer started because it was all timed. So that's what yeah that's what the trick is with it. You have to time it, but. The caveat is you shouldn't, and yet we learned this years ago, you don't time the travel to it. That's, that's right. <laughs> you, you, just, you just time the stations because if you time the travel, it becomes pretty unsafe because trucks are ripping around town. It's now <laughs> Code <race>. three. And, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah well, I can make beat that. <laughs> so, um, so the only time they got actual timed was when they got to the station. So the start point to be station was a little different. So... The first station was they get to the training ground, and as soon as they got to the gate of the training ground, we have like kind of a driving track set up. Driver course. Yeah, driver course set up. So they had to go through the driver course as fast as they were um, able to. <laughs> so there's an offset alley where you have to uh, drive in, nose in, back out, um, a little roundabout thing, uh, a narrowing alley, narrowing and alley. a serpentine. And then, uh, and then we have this big kind of square box that we use for turning around in. Three point turn, yeah. Yeah. So the object was to get the tender and the app and the engine to the the big box thing, and they had to drop a tank in there, and the engine had to pull it, get in there also with a tender, and 
They had to suck the the portable tank dry as fast as it, the pump could go, load the portable tank back up, get back in, and dry back out of the training ground. And that was all under time. And we were talking, like, when you're uh, flowing water out of the engine, it's not just, you know, like... Yeah, you just can't open the discharge. Water, discharge yeah. is, it's had to be hoses. You have to have hose out. Yeah. yeah, so it had to be hoses out. And my instructions to them was like, I don't care what how many you have out, but keep in mind, if, if you have it's a bunch timed. out, you also have to pack it all up. Because yeah. it's all part... Like, they didn't have to roll it nice. They had to get it, like, just back out of the training ground. So it's kind of like they're on a fire... They've knocked it down, and now a second call comes in. Mm-hmm. So then they have to pack up the hoses and take off as fast as they can. So pack up the portable tank. Oh, pump and run, yeah. yeah. Yeah, kind of, yeah, pump and run, yeah. So that was the drill. So that went pretty good. Um, I think it was about, what, 14 minutes average? I didn't hear the times yeah. for that. Part. I think it was about 14 minutes. Both teams were pretty close. They were, you know, a minute or two apart. So, um, you know, little mistakes start adding up. Like, just the driving. Like, some guys are a little slower. Um, just finding certain um, attachments and did the did pump prime and all that kind of stuff. So yeah. that, that all adds to the time. So that was station number one. Um, second station was simple hydrant hit. So we have two hydrants. Well, we have lots of hydrants, but we have these two hydrants that are like on this, on this kind of straight street up by the, one of the schools that we use quite often because they're nicely spaced and they're like opposite ends, yeah, opposite ends of the street. So you can see each other. So the idea was the engine and the tender I had to pull up to two different hydrants. They had to hit the two hydrants and pump water just at speed. And you know, the timer would start when uh, the first apparatus, um, I think, set its brake. I think it was what the deal was. That's what we used to do. Yeah, as soon as the maxes get hit, that's yeah. when the timer starts. Yeah, so yeah. when they set the brake, so whatever apparatus set the brake first. So I, I think there's a little bit of, like, guys were waiting, <laughs> and then they hear the other engine. They, they hear the engine set the brakes, and then they set the brake. So that's kind of funny. Um, yeah, they had these little, everybody had their little tricks. Each, and I was watching yeah. the teams, they'd organize, they'd, they'd gather in a group, they'd have like a team meeting before they went to the next station. Yeah. It was pretty cool. Because that really helps with their teamwork. But that's perfect, because that's exactly what we want to see in the back of the truck. Anyways, yeah. Right? Like, yeah. like, the officer should be giving some commands, mm-hmm. and, you know, short and sweet, and then the other guy should be talking about their team and what they're, what they're mm-hmm. going to do, and then make sure the officer knows exactly who has what role. That may change, Yeah. but... And this worked well because we actually pulled all the officer, like all the officers and command staff out and we put us at the stations. So everybody on the trucks, no one was an officer. They were all mm-hmm. firefighters. Nice. So senior guys had to step up in the roles that are not normally in to take over that officer role. And they, and a bunch of the guys did really well. Yep. Like Dennis did really well. Um, I was watching him and Adam, they were at this little meeting and I think their team ended up winning. Yeah, I'm yeah. sure they won. Spoiler alert. No, it's a spoiler alert. <laughs> 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 so anyways, um... So that was really simple, um, just straight hydrant hit and and a little bit of spray, a little bit of water, and done. Um, another one we did was, went down to where Ash was. He was actually at the lake. And um, the idea, th- this one's a little impractical, but it was just the idea of doing um, multi-stage pumping. So um, they had to use the portable pump, um, um, draft from the lake itself into the portable pump. portable pump had to um, discharge into the tender. The tender had to pump into the engine, and the engine had to had to discharge out of an inch and a half. Right, it was yeah. just creating that circuit. Um, would that ever happen in real life? I could, someone's like, this is impractical. It's like, yeah, it's impractical, but it's it's that you could take a piece of that. And You're still learning how to use the portable pump. You're still learning yeah. how to draft. You're not yeah. going to set that exact up to fill yeah. the truck. But No, it was actually directly related to a grass fire we just had near the river because uh, we were we had the tender and it was, it was actually fighting fire because um, we didn't need it to give us water. We just needed it to assist us in fighting the yeah. fire. 
So um, but we were right near the river, so we pulled the port pump and started playing around with it. We were having trouble um, getting some suction, so a little bit of troubleshooting. Uh, so I thought, oh, that'd be a good throw in this practice. So we did that. Um, so that was that stage. Um, Rob's stage was, well, you're here. You can explain. Yeah, I'm here. Uh, <laughs> uh, mine was over at our community center. And what our guys had to do is they'd pull up, they'd take off the pre-connect inch and a half, run it out to full length, start flowing water for 30 seconds. After that 30 seconds, they'd break down the inch and a half, take the nozzle off, throw a reducer down to a forestry line. Then they had to grab two lengths of uh, forestry line off our tender, run those out, and throw in uh, forestry water thieves down to uh, three-quarter econo line, flow water for another 30 seconds, and then that was the end of their time. Um, yeah, both trucks were pretty quick. Uh, lots of good communication. What was the time for those? Uh, with first team was like three minutes and 30 seconds. Yeah. The second team was three minutes and 40 seconds. So pretty quick. Lots, nice. Yeah, like I said, lots of good communication. The uh, second team, they'd be yelling, oh, I need a connector. And there's already a guy grabbed one yelling, yeah, I got it, running across yeah. the field to nice. throw it in there. You know, I really liked, and that one is, the reason why I want, really wanted that one in is because right now that's where we're, we're really, we, like you said, we have so many grass fires right now. Mm -hmm. But that particular thing you just said, that is like such a thing that we're doing right now is these, these quick hits with an inch and a half structure, and then we then, then maybe the fire's running on us, and then we throw that, we attach that forestry, and we carry on. So within four minutes, you had 350 yeah, feet of hose. 350 feet of hose. You could surround a yeah. decent fire pretty quickly. 350 feet of hose laid with a conolines to uh, offer uh, wet guard protection. And that's with yeah. two so, trucks. So yeah. you're from there, you're putting your adapter on to the uh, inch and a half forestry line with your water thieves in yeah. between. To your, your yeah, so you're, yeah. yeah, so you're, you're basically setting up a nice wet guard yeah. all the way along. It's uh, it's always I love watching people that have never used an econo line before yeah. on, when it's actually a fire. Mm. How much work you can get done with econo? Mm. They're awesome. Like it's a lot of people think, ah, it's, no, I want to use the the big line. The big line, yeah. But uh, I mean, they're effective too. But when you're really trying to save your water and oh, yeah. just do that quick yeah. little wet guard knockdown. They were great. Yeah, yeah. Even that because uh, we had a, we had a pretty big uh, fire last week, um, yep. near your district, mm -hmm. um, and um, the the guys were running the big lines, and I'm like, I was kind of in charge of the because um, where we we had a we had a Y um, for from the structure to the um, two forestry lines going out, huge line going down the hill, like all the way down the hill. It was probably a 300 foot run, and then um, another line 200 feet going out um, on the other flank. And so I'm kind of I'm kind of monitoring the um, the why because we had some blowouts because it's such a like such a run and it was on a pretty steep angle. So I'm I'm sitting there monitoring that on the radio, watching the guys work, and I'm like, oh, I've got a water thief sitting here, and like the fire we had it pretty well guarded, but there was spot fires everywhere. Yeah. So I was like, hmm. so I went and grabbed the uh, one of their throw bag uh, econ lines and hooked it up, just walked out. <laughs> and I just did. A, I did a bunch of like just little uh, spot fire work. Well, I'm still monitoring the guys. We have my radio going, just chatting away, <laughs> Listen, watching running, the guys work. Running and your I'm garden just, hose. Yeah, running my garden hose, <laughs> watering my watering my fire. <laughs> you know what? So, well, many, 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 many moons ago, when I worked for forestry, um, I, I was thinking, man, you know, I used to have 
forestry hose and forestry stuff lying around. Mm. So I was looking for a kit to make. I was going to build my own little kit for our property. And I went and talked to my old boss. And he actually gave me some some old Econo and stuff. And then I needed some hose the other day um, for our, up at our lot. Yeah. But I was, ah, busted that sucker out, hooked it up to, in the yard and started using that. It's fantastic to use. That's it's way better than a regular garden hose. It's nice. As long as your pump operator doesn't overpressure the line, you won't blow it. Yeah. But it's cheap enough that if He's you got blow a line, yeah. you can easily replace yeah. it with something. I guess the key with the con yeah. line, you just got to leave the nozzle open and just yeah. let it run. That's all I did. Yeah. And then, mm-hmm. yeah, the big thing you nailed, it, Rob, is, is reminding those pump operators, hey, we're switching the forestry line. Start knocking the, mm-hmm. knocking yeah. the PSI down because they're so used to running it hot. And, yeah. uh, you know, a lot of pressure and, and <laughs> we need way less pressure. Yeah. Even that uh, forestry line that we're starting to pack on our trucks now, even that stuff is great to work with. It's lighter. Oh, yeah. It's just easier mm-hmm. to move around. Yeah, it's 100 feet of a, a Cleveland roll of um, forestry line, but it's so much easier to pack around. In the oh, last two awesome. months, we've we've used more forestry line than we have ever used <laughs> in the last 10 mm-hmm. years. Yeah. And we're and we're using it all the time right now. It's like we've we've rolled so many Cleveland rolls in the last two months. Be Guys, just like, yeah. And the thing about our Cleveland rolls right now for these forestry things, we were we were working on strapping systems, and we had all these like you can buy hose strap and you buy all the straps. Well, in the end, all we did we we got some like Baylor's twine, Baylor's twine, yeah. and just tied that because it looks kind of hillbilly on the back of the truck. But we realized like okay, we're on a grass fire, we. You buy these expensive straps, and the guys are like, "Where'd the straps go? I don't know where the straps go." This yeah. Baylor's twine, we drop the we drop the packets down and pull the pull the lines or cut the lines, whatever. You, it doesn't matter. Cut it and leave it yeah. there, yeah. or pick it up later. But you leave it there, and then you just go. Yeah. And like we have this huge two thousand foot length of Baylor's twine, where it's going through every. So when we get back from the hall, all these guys are out there with their Baylor's twine <laughs> tying the hose back yeah. together. So what do we carry on our trucks now for forestry line four? Five. We got four hundred feet on each tender or on each engine. Yeah. Eight hundred feet on the tender. <laughs> so now there are. Four. How are they loaded? The forestry lines on the engines. It's all. Uh, Cleveland. All Cleveland. All Cleveland. Yeah. Yeah. I can't remember. Did you already have it? Nothing was set up for a pre-connect. It's it's designed to. It's throw designed on to go on the end of the, of the um, structure line. Yeah. Because yeah. the idea is always you know we're we're always interface right we're supposed mm-hmm. to be an interface fire department so the idea is like we're going to probably somewhere where there's could be a house involved so we yeah. get there with structure line okay house isn't involved okay let's uh, pull the pre-connect as far as we can go we might not even charge it we might just right away as soon as we get to the end of the line unscrew it throw on that adapter and go with the forestry line but even at that it's 150 feet of hose line charged of structure yeah. and pulled by the time you grab your forestry line so you've already got something out yeah and you start flowing, putting a little so. bit of a knock on something yeah. and yeah yeah. Now with your the the uh, new old tender or the old new tender. Old new tender. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> with that one, because you have the two rear kind of discharges. Yeah. yeah sorry, we have one. Y. Yeah. So one's. We have one. One of the sides is forestry, so 100 feet of forestry right off the bat, and then the other side is a little bit structural for mainly yeah. for truck protection. Yeah. Um, the forestry is for uh, like that's what we use in that grass fire the other day. Um, so it ran out. And then we grab some Cleveland rolls and attach to it. So, yeah. But we have, how much? What was that? Uh, so 800 feet, another 400. Uh, yeah. Uh, we have like 
I want to say we have like 1,600, 1,800 feet of hose. And actually, <laughs> that's that, a lot of hose we have. <laughs> that second tender could not have come at a better time yeah. because we've had some issues with our, our first tender, tender yeah. where yeah. we've had to put it out of commission for our, you know a couple of weeks or so, yeah. and. We're in the middle yeah, of it right now. Middle, yeah, yeah. We're in the middle of the season right now. Well, not in the middle. We're in the start of the season. It's been crazy. Yeah. yeah, I wonder what the season's going to be like for us. It rains. It's going to rain this week, so maybe. Yeah, but still, I mean. It's, it's rained a lot. <laughs> I mean, it's April. We've already had a couple of days of 25 degree weather. Yeah. yeah. It's dry out there because we know when we put, when we threw all that water on that fire yesterday or Friday and today. Yeah. And you know that that top layer, <laughs> sliver, sorry, that uh, that top layer of, of duff was just was sand dry. or whatever it is out there, quarter of an inch of it, you think you've soaked it good enough, you scrape that top layer off, and it's still dry yeah. dirt underneath. Yeah. Um. So, sorry. Uh, finishing off the five stations. Um. So that was the fourth one. The fifth one actually was my station, and it was back at the fire hall, and it was actually not related to the tender at all. It was. Um, I guess we could have made it a tender job, but it was basically just more of a manpower. managing manpower seven-person job. Um, so we did that limited manpower drill a couple weeks ago. This was now you have two extra people. So um, so the deal was with uh, as soon as they arrived on scene, they had to throw a roof ladder on a smaller portion of our building. They had to throw a um, extension ladder. They had to pull pull and use the two and a half inch um off the off the rear discharge were you doing single man ladder throws or not uh single man with the i, I actually sorry i shouldn't say that i left it up to them okay so it was whatever the crews decided to do um i know on the extension ladder uh, ours is a 35 footer there's oh that's, that's, right. that's, about that's that. yeah two or three person job for sure yeah um so it's kind of everything was left up to the crews on how they did it and then um and then they had to do a push into the building up the stairs actually where we're sitting right now was where the dummy was and um, we used the air hose for that. So we, we charged, a, charged an inch and a half line running off the air from the, from the building. So there's no water in case. And actually, a couple uh, scared the crap out of me because uh, there's a lot of air in that line. And uh, one of the Kevins was coming up the stairs and he, and he opened the bail. <laughs> it was like, wake up! <laughs> I thought his, I thought his uh, cylinder blew on his CBA for a second because uh, it was such a loud blast of air. Um, so, that yeah, that airline thing's cool. Yeah, I was going to say, do you want to talk about that in case some other people haven't heard? Yeah, so we, I mean, I think, yeah, we talked about it before, but yeah. yeah. Um, we have a vi- do we have a video still on that? YouTube? Uh, we may. I'd have to look back. Yeah. yeah. So what it was is our, we have an inflatable hose that we use for water rescue, um, for flat water. And uh, one day we were talking, like, how can we be inside? Because we, when we go to certain buildings, we don't want to cause water damage. For training. For training, yeah. We yeah, we don't want to cause water damage for training, but we also want to make it somewhat realistic. So we want to pull a charged line with us. For example, like one of the schools. Yeah, we use it, we use it in, in school, right? yeah. So you don't want to be dragging a charged line in the school because they're kind enough to let you use it in practice. Yeah, and even in, by accident, you know, a bail can open. Like yeah. even the other day. <laughs> oh, yeah. I think yeah. we're going to make an award for some of our guys that accidentally open bails in open bails. spots they're not supposed to. <laughs> <laughs> so... What we did is we hooked this line up, and Ash and I tested it down in our truck bay, where you know we get the airlines for the um, the apparatus. So we just we hooked this in quick connect, hooked it in. Um, it's got a like a nipple on the end of the this hose connector, and 
you know, charges a line. Um, you just can let it kind of run because there's enough leaks in the hose and you know, just kind of let it run and charged it, up. It's a charge line. It's not as heavy, obviously, because there's no water weight, but it's it, that line is rigid enough that you can pull it. It's it's yeah. not exactly like a real you know, charge line, but it's it's definitely closer than a dragging a flat line around with you. Yeah, it, it proves the point. It, it's full enough to have your hand comfortably around yeah. and drag it up. Yeah. And it definitely gets in the way because I was watching actually Carl and Kevin were trying to do a search up here, and it was in there, like, they were tripping over it, because they were, they were searching around, and, you know, and then they, when they found the dummy, they're trying to drag it out, you know, and we would leave the hose behind, because we're trying to drag the dummy out, right, so I'm like, yeah, just leave the hose, and yeah. so they left it, but then, unfortunately, then they got hooked around the dummy, and <laughs> just, you know, like, the usual kind of stuff. Just, yeah, because if it was a limp hose, it's not yeah. going to happen at all, you're just stepping yeah, just over it. over it, over yeah. it, right? but this, and, you know, and then it's in the stairwell, so they, you know, it was against the wall, but then it, as they went up, it got pulled into the middle of the stairwell, yeah. so then they started tripping over that, and... <laughs> Then Carl full on uh, backdrafted it. He got the like dummy over his shoulder. <laughs> Fireman carry it, walked in the stairs. I'm like, okay, open his jacket. Carl's gonna die. <laughs> Wait for the trip down the stairs. <laughs> so yeah, that was our. Uh, so then yeah, once uh, for that scenario or for that drill, once they got to the bottom of the stairs and had the dummy out, and all the other tasks were accomplished, they um, we called the time. Nice. So, yeah, overall, the five station, we added it all up, and I forget what it was. It was like 30 minutes of work altogether. So that 30 was a lot. 20 something. Yeah, 30, yeah. yeah, 30 minutes ish. So, you know, if you think about all that stuff, because when I started describing it to the crews, mm-hmm. I'm like giving them the direction. Everybody like, cycled every station? So, yeah, the two teams that just cycled. Kind of offs- yeah. offsets so one team at one station, yeah, one yeah. team. And originally, we were going to tell them we wanted, you know, we were going to say, hey, we want, you know, always switch the driver, always switch the officer. But then I was like, you know what? You guys are in charge of your crew. Just do it. Go have a meeting, yeah. and they did. So they were like before they left my, each station, they would sit there and they'd have a little discussion about because they knew what station they're going to next. Mm-hmm. So they'd have a little truck meeting, like okay, this is this station. So you need to, you're running this, you're running that. It was pretty cool. Nice. And it actually really showed because the next morning, uh, so Friday morning, we had a car fire, and we're ripping out there, and a couple of guys actually, I think from the winning team, were on my truck, and I'm in the back because <laughs> yeah. uh, one of the uh, one of the other officers jumped front, so I'm right in the back. We're, we're, we're ripping along, and one of the guys like, can I uh, run the hose? I'm like, yeah, sure, yeah, no problem. And, yeah, they were when they got off the truck, it was like, boop, like, hose out, perfect flake. <laughs> and they just hit the thing. I'm like, okay, I got nothing to do. Because <laughs> the one job I was going to do was going to use a grinder on the hood to open it up for the guys to hit, and the hood was open already <laughs> as well. That's... That's good though because that oh, shows that the training is working yeah. and the guys are learning from it. Yeah, yeah or it happens just yeah. like that. Yeah, it showed like they were like we had that thing out, we <laughs> were wrapped up in like ten minutes. We're like, oh, okay, yeah. we're done. <laughs> yeah, shows they're super comfortable with with any job and can yeah. you know flake those lines out fast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was uh, practice. Awesome. Yeah, anytime you can make something a fun competition like that, like as long as people are comfortable in feeling confident in the skills that they've learned before the competition starts because you can't just have a competition if someone's oh, yeah, not yeah. comfortable doing it yeah. it's just going to ruin the morale and yeah. everything yeah. but uh yeah then doing that then you can see the pride they're taking in it because they're having their meetings wanting to show that hey we're gonna we're gonna win this yeah. that's awesome to see that's what i try to do when we run our firefighter challenge uh obstacle course yeah like a 20 dollar coffee cart or something like that yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just a bragging rights thing. It's not yeah. even like, yeah. Yeah, because I bought him maybe a case of, 
What is what, is Rob, what are the other Rob call it? Uh, beer flavored water. Beer flavored water. <laughs> <laughs> nice. So yeah, the guys, you know, they, that's they're not they're like, oh yes, we won the beer. It's more like yeah, they got the pride of yeah, of, of putting it like of, of beating the other team. Yeah, absolutely. Because one of the other guys came up to me. It's funny from the from the uh, not winning team. <laughs> I don't know if call it a couple people losers anymore. <laughs> from the from the not winning team, he's like, yeah. Good practice. He's like, good team building. I hate the other team now. <laughs> but yeah, it was good. Awesome. <laughs> awesome. Sounds like a great night. So, Todd, you were doing live fire, you were saying? Yeah. So last week there, we did um, we did some live fire um, days. We've did broke it up over uh, two different weekends for our groups. Um, and yeah, it was great. We um, what did we do? We started ripping through. We broke into three teams three teams of four uh our group we had a uh a, a good mixture of, of brand new people actually they're just to, they're going to go and kind of observe and hang out and learn um but they're feeling i'd say fairly comfortable some of them more so than others in their ppe and stuff so you know we definitely kept them included in going through all the um evolutions of everything we did so we just did a lot of the scenarios for basic fire attack uh, searches ventilations um, below grade attack, car fire, um, just really focused on pounding in, um, comms for all of us. So it, it was really good because, so our, our, some of our training officers and our deputy chiefs were there to hammer in on some of us senior guys as well, um, on those comms because they want us to really narrow down to short and sweet, like we say. Um, and just, uh, yeah, just, just clarify everything you know like we get so many guys they start talking way too much on the radio you know as we're entering the the building on the alpha side you know waiting for that permission from from command um you know too much all we want to know is attack team one entering alpha side done right i don't i don't need to know anything else i don't need no fire behavior or anything unless i ask unless something changes in the fire scene mm. um and then inside like we don't need a big long story of yeah i've done this now now i'm going to do this uh, you know, keep it short and sweet. Fire's knocked. Um, requesting permission to ventilate, Bravo side. Or fire's knocked. Good ventilation. Uh, Going to do my primary search, right? So keep it short and sweet. Get that confirmation from command. And then um, for training, we noticed a few guys were still practicing that 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 scenario base, like the going through the whole motions for searches, rather than in that. It, this is. You know, you're live fire, you got real smoke, got real heat, real flame. And fire dictates um, what you do. Not yeah, the, yeah, the fire is dictating that. So I can look into the room where the fire room is, and there's a good glow off that fire, so I can see that that room is clear. I don't need to go search every corner yeah. how we practice, right, in, in, in pretend rooms. Yeah. You know, like I can say, hey, fire room's clear, moving on to this next room, and away you go. Then do your search. So it was really good. Um, tons of evolutions. Lots of people ripped through numerous different times. Everybody did different roles. Uh, it was a long day. Nice. Yeah. Long That's day. nice with the small groups is that everybody gets a chance to change change oh, position fast. and do everything. Yeah. yeah, it was fast. We literally, you, you didn't take off your mask at all unless you were having a quick sip of water. And even at that, it was very fast. And then quick stop for lunch and away you go. Nice. Yeah. So it was nice having those three groups of four. Nice. Yeah. All right. I guess Ash never made it back. I know, eh? Nope. <laughs> oh, well. Well, you can listen to it. <laughs> exactly, yeah. 
Um, so I guess on to the shout-outs. Go on the shout-outs, yeah. Modus. Modus. <laughs> Ooh, I get to take Modus. Nice. Uh, Modus Rescue. Uh, what do they got? They got a bunch of different tools. They got everything now. <laughs> they got everything now. Uh, Snagger Tool is their their main tool. Uh, they've got some other new products. They've got a little mini spanners. They've got wedges. They've got wedges. soft entry tools. Mm. Um, I have in my gear, oh, I nice have bags. a little bags. pocket bag for wedges and snagger and other stuff. Uh, yeah, I really like that, that thing. That thing comes in handy. Like, I've been using that a lot lately. I'm pulling I find... it out and selecting my thing. I need <laughs> you handing it to somebody else who doesn't have anything. They're like, oh, thanks. <laughs> I just find it makes my side pocket a little too rigid. Yeah. It it's definitely better really than because I used well. to carry, I mean, you know, I, used to, I carry a lot of tools in my pocket. It's definitely way nicer having it organized. I can just take it out and look at it and like kind of select my tools rather than digging in my pocket going, okay, That's uh, not it. That's not yeah, it. there it is. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, they got some great stuff. You can get it engraved, uh, customized, a uh, few different colors, fancy neon colors for their Snagger mm-hmm. tools. Uh, mm-hmm. They even have some discounted uh, scratched tools, I guess, is what they call Scratch it. Scratch and dent, is that what they call them? Scratch and dent. Yeah. So you can get some clearance stuff thing. from them <laughs> as well. Um, yeah, they're a great product. Canadian made. Uh, give them some support. And DTFF5. DTFF5 for 5% discount on your order. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they're great. Great little stuff. That soft entry bag is, and soft, soft entry kit's pretty cool too with all the, the stuff. truck kit, yeah. Yeah, the truck kit, your J tool, and all those things. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Uh, Todd, stop the bleed. Stopthebleed.org. Um, and actually, coming up here in May is uh, the National Stop the Bleed Day mm-hmm. as well. Month, isn't it? Uh, is it the whole month? I can't remember. That was all month. Maybe, yeah. Well, all month. She's probably stopping bleeding. <laughs> Either way, yeah, stopthebleed.org. Uh, go online, check it out, uh, see if there's any instructors near you. If not, and you want to be an instructor, there's some information on there as well. And, um, yeah, if you're any sort of uh, EMS or first responder, law enforcement, you can usually become an instructor. However, we always say that, you know, we want you to be as... Um, professional and as knowledgeable as you can be and make it fun make it informative make it real right like uh, have that high fidelity uh, simulation training uh, do some different scenarios with it um, and then learn how to uh, do all the the normal procedure with direct pressure wound packing tourniquet application yeah and you actually came and helped me teach a law enforcement class the other day. i did yeah that was, that was great yeah, it's been a while since we <laughs> mm-hmm. got some new videos and and that's that's the thing, right? Like the ability to take that course and make it what you want for the group you're teaching is key. And having certain videos to show for that reality to actually show how fast somebody can actually go into hemorrhagic shock and, and bleed yeah. out, like it's it's huge. Yeah, and I like uh, you brought your actually well going to shout out on rescue essentials. You brought your mm-hmm. um, wound packer from rescue that we got from rescue essentials. Yeah, yeah, I brought uh, brought that stuff up as well, um, and. It's it works great. It's because um, it's like the one you had was it was the gauze reacted to the the. It is um, so. There's liquid. the true clot. Um, cool. Started yeah, clotting. The, yeah, the true clot trainer. So the, wow. use the the fake blood, the true clot stuff for it with the gauze, and then as you start squeezing it, it creates little clots. Yeah, and it's just that much more realistic. Yeah, yeah, it works works really well. Yeah, but. Also, yoga blocks work great, too. Yoga blocks work good, yeah. 
I started telling those guys, I'm like, oh, usually, uh, usually you guys get the old the yoga block, uh, <laughs> yoga block and, and colored water, but Todd's here, he's got all the fancy Gucci stuff, so <laughs> he uses, uh, and that was definitely, they really liked that, they, yeah. Mm-hmm. That one wound was huge. Like, yeah, that's that's a huge GSW yeah. wound on that prop. Yeah. And then there's a, quite the cavity in and behind cavity. it with, with <laughs> the bone that's actually got the bullet hole in it as well. Yeah, because they were like, yeah. they stuffed the entire like pack of gauze and then they were trying to find more yeah. stuff in there. <laughs> yeah. It's pretty cool. Yeah. Wow. And that's why the other thing for that training gauze, I just like using regular roller gauze for training yeah. as well. Yeah. It's, uh, it's very cheap per box. And, uh, yeah, and I mean, I use it in my normal kits anyways, cause it, you can use it for wound packing. It doesn't need to be a hemostatic agent and it helps, yeah. but if that's all you have, it works. Yeah. I mean, especially like we say those hemostatic agents are so expensive and they expire. Mm-hmm. And if you're, mm-hmm. you know, if you're not using it on a regular basis, like you're not dealing with these mm-hmm. like military or police kind of stuff. Yeah. I think it all depends on, on how well you want to be prepared in your kit, right? Yeah. Like. Again, it is, yeah, when they do expire, that's a $50 gauze that now looks yeah. I mean, I'm expired. assuming it's still working. I mean, it's not, I don't think it's Yeah, I don't know the shelf life of it, but yeah, I'd still use it. Oh, yeah. I mean, because yeah. otherwise, it would, then it's just regular roller gauze. Yeah. Maybe a little still, bit of hemostatic gauze. <laughs> yeah. 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 Yes. Yeah, exactly. Anyway, stop the bleed.org. Um, you can become an instructor if you can't find an instructor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, go online, check us out too. Is it, well, we got some of the course content and stuff on there. Mm-hmm. On the YouTubes. Yeah. Um, Tanner Olson Band is a country music out of Chilliwack, uh, coastal area. Um, they're just starting to get into some more live music now that, well, I was going to say now that COVID's slowing down, but it has not slowed down in Canada. No. <laughs> There's a bit of, yeah. little bit of a vaccine delay for us. <laughs> but it will, sl- it will slow down soon, I'm sure. Yeah. yeah. Herd immunity will happen eventually. Sooner or later. Hopefully. <laughs> And just check them out shots. on um, Spotify or Facebook. Kind of awesome band. Um, Rescue Essentials, we kind of already talked about. Um, they got lots of cool gear yeah. on there. Yeah, rescueessentials.com. Go online, check them out. They got lots of swag. Um, so we're going to be looking at some different products to trial. Um, that's where I've received and purchased my training uh, aids for the True Claw and Wound Packing devices. Um, well, some different IFACs and first aid bags and all that kind of stuff as well. So they've, they've got a whole variety of stuff. Um, really good products. They carry a lot of great brands and uh, definitely willing to work with um, certain groups or companies. Or if you're a fire department, uh, give them a call and tell them who you are and that you heard you know, from us and see what they can do. Yeah. Yeah. Check them out. Yeah. Um, we got Black Rifle Coffee. Um Kind of an unofficial sponsor. <laughs> um, they, you know, they've given us a, they've actually given us some coffee to try. I haven't tried the one yet. Do you want to try some of that? Yeah, yeah, sure. Uh, yeah, I've tried coffee already. So. It's um, the vintage blend, which evidently they don't make anymore. Mm-hmm. So if it's really good, they might make it still in the in the states, but the Canadian uh, Black Rifle doesn't make it supposedly. Uh. Yeah. Five alarm is what we got, isn't it? Yeah, five alarm is yeah. what we got. Uh, yeah. The vintage one is actually that you know that shirt you have with the medic yep. symbol. Yeah, yeah, that's a vintage Absolutely. blend. So, yeah. Um, anyways, Black Rifle Coffee. Uh, try them, check them out. Veteran owned. Yeah. Um, they were doing their five alarm, wasn't it? That every bag bought was another bag was donated to a, to a local fire department. department. Yeah. So, yeah. That's yeah, so what we got. Some. Yeah, them. we got a big big box as well from from them from our department. Uh, a bunch of other guys ordered some stuff and. Yeah, it's good coffee. I drained mine. 
Yeah, I'm Pretty getting quickly. close. <laughs> I drink a lot of coffee, though. <laughs> yeah, I drink a lot of And then lastly is us. So Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, and supposedly the TikTok. And I'm, not, I'm not on there. Yeah. <laughs> lose too many hours on that. Yeah. But yeah, the YouTube, the YouTube and the Facebook and the Insta, for sure, they're our, our biggest platforms, I think. And uh, yeah, give us a like, give us a comment, uh, give us a follow on the YouTube there. Um, that helps us. And then uh, if you have any suggestions as well or comments, because then we have more ideas what to talk about. And yeah. Yeah, I'd like to start doing some more guests things. again now that we're kind of back in the swing. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. yeah. yeah that'd be good. Yeah. I think for those, maybe those of you who are still listening, uh, <laughs> if you had, like, just with our uh, initial talk about uh, apparatus and side-by-sides mm. i know there's lots of things out there but maybe if somebody has a unit in their pictures. hall yeah. let's see your setup let's see what you got for curious um, to see what marshall bass has probably he's got some crazy oh australian sure. mad like, max like todd yeah. said earlier before we started recording uh it was a unimog yeah that'd be cool to see yeah yeah there's lots of different varieties out there which was a unimog is that uh that's like the big uh, off-road kind oh, okay. of Mercedes Unimog. What's style? the thing that's like the floating? It floats. It's got like six wheels, and it looks like a like it was like the early version was like a side by side. Amphibious. Yeah, it was like, but from like like back in like the sixties. Well, My neighbors used that one. Tank. No, it was like this little tiny thing. Like it looked like a. Oh, that was there's a guy up by the hospital that has one. Oh yeah yeah, but it's like um, just tiny. Like it's like it looks like a like, a like an original down. version of a side by side, but it's got like no roll bar or anything. <laughs> yeah, I have no idea. What is this called? It's kind of like a Unimog, but like it's kind of has a similar name, but I don't. I don't know. Anyways, I can't think of it right now. <laughs> I'm sure, someone will tell us. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I mean the the side by side conversions and kits like there's there's so many different styles and options that people yeah. have been using them. So it'd be neat to see mm. what's out there and what people like and don't like, right? Like after they've yeah. got something and used it. Yeah, because some people like you know they some of the ones you've seen they tow a little trailer behind it. Mm-hmm. Um, but you were saying, oh, like that, that could if be you more start, finicky. If you got to right? start climbing, you don't want to be towing a, a tank with that. I think yes. Yeah. There's no way that thing's going to pull it. Yeah. 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 Who knows? Options. Endless. Just money, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, chief. <laughs> we need or gaming grants. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Grants are always out there. Yeah. yeah absolutely. And that, that's the challenging thing with our smaller departments you know, being volunteer or paid on call, it's, uh, you know, we try and get the best equipment that we can for our area yeah. for protection, but it's... I always yeah, find, like, the volunteer service, we almost need more equipment than, like, a city service. Like, we almost need, well, sorry, we need more different equipment. Like, a lot of the city departments, they, you know, they're, like, the big city, like, they're standard. They got they got a tower, and like, a ladder truck, and they got an engine, mm-hmm. and, and a few of them. But really, they don't have a lot of odd, like, and then they, they might have a specialized unit. And, like, in a big city yeah. like New York, they have, like, a special, like, heavy heavy lift unit. And, yeah. But it's, yeah. like, with us, it's, like, one but department, it, you need, you need like, an engine, you need a bush truck, you need a tender, oh, you may need yeah. something else, you need this thing, you need that. Yeah. But even just break down, like, just the smaller cities kind of north and, and east and west of us, not, like, the massive ones, yeah. like, their structures are pretty common. Yeah. Ha- handful of engines, you know, mm-hmm. tender... You know, bush truck, rapid response truck, you know, rescue, yeah. and a boat, you know. But then, now we're talking, we need more tenders. We need mm-hmm. a lot of different apparatus. Now, with this conversation, side by side, you know, way more forestry gear. Yeah. Like, yeah, I agree. Yeah. 
Any more for any more as girls? I'm good. <clears throat> I am good. Right. Rob. Good evening. Todd. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you and have a good night. Yeah, uh, good night. Stay safe, stay geeky about it.